It's time now for super psychologist, Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years. Welcome to Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years this evening and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. Central Time and at 6 p.m. Eastern right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaracarpell.com. And today is Sunday, November the 20th, 2022, and I'm psychologist Dr. Mara Carpell, and we are back live from beautiful... Austin, Texas, and we have another great program in store for you today. Art Mendoza of Accomplice Entertainment, producer of this program, is here with us as usual to make the show run smoothly, of course. And this evening, I'm excited to have on the program voiceover artist, producer, founder of Dane Reed Media, and author of the book, Forget Having Kids, I'm Having Fun. And Dane will be joining us to discuss this new book, which is both entertaining and important. And then later in the program, the twins in Bay of Bandadas, Minerva and Ruben, will be joining us to discuss another Mexico destination. And along the way, we'll talk more about the journey of living a passionate life. And I'm going to discuss gratitude since. Thanksgiving is coming up later this week and how to how to increase your gratitude and why it's important for living a passionate life. And then after the show, you can hear this evening's program again by going to my website and the link to the podcast will be posted later tonight along with all of the website links that we talk about on the program. And you can also hear the show in it in it as soon as five minutes after the show ends by going directly to Blog Talk Radio B L O G talkradio.com slash your golden years and you can also find it on apple podcasts and for information from previous programs to listen to previous programs um, going all the way back to the nine years nine years ago that we started here on blog talk radio you can find all of that on my website drmaracarpel.com as well as on blogtalkradio.com slash your golden years. And you can also hear all of the podcasts on Apple Podcasts. And for future programs and future events, be sure to follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mara Carpell, Your Golden Years. This evening's program is produced by Accomplice Entertainment, Postal Productions, and Psyched Up Productions, and sponsored by amightygoodtime.com. Wondering what to do after you're 50? How about having a mighty good time? It's free to search, free to post, and much more. Whether it's in person or virtual, anything can be found to fill your day connecting with other people. So be more active and start connecting again. Go to amightygoodtime.com. That's amightygoodtime.com. Okay, so we're going to take a brief break to play our other sponsors' commercials, but it'll, it'll be very brief. So don't go anywhere because right after the break, we'll be right here with author Dane Reed to talk about his new book, Forget Having Kids, I'm Having Fun. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Super psychologist Dr. Mara Carpell will be back after words from our sponsors. Are you or a loved one a Medicare beneficiary? Help save you and Medicare money by stopping Medicare fraud. Fraud happens when Medicare is billed for services or supplies you never receive. There are three easy things you can do to fight fraud. Review your Medicare claims for accuracy, protect your personal information, and be on the lookout for suspicious activity. For more information or to report fraud, call Medicare at 1-800-MEDICARE or your local SHIP counselor at the Area Agency on Aging at 1-800-252-9241. Please visit us on the web at www.drmaricarpel.com. And we're back. 
If you're just joining us, this is Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaracarpell.com. And now joining us on the on the line, we have Dane Reed, who is a voiceover artist, producer, founder of Dane Reed Media, and author of the book, Forget Having Kids, I'm Having Fun. Welcome, Dane. Hey, Dr. Mara. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I'm so excited. Me too. And I just want to remind you and also so listeners know that there's like about a half-second delay when we talk like this. So we don't trip over each other, and it's not that confusing for listeners. <laughs> so I'm excited to have you on the program to talk about this book, and I'm excited that you asked me to write the forward for it. So I have a special place in my heart for this book, um, and it's very entertaining and, and really important. Um, so, so, Dane, Maybe before we jump into the book, you can tell us a little bit about your history. Who are you? So um, I am a regular guy who decided to do extra things with his life, some things that are outside of the ordinary. I decided to take a different path. And and part of that is largely because um, I didn't always have the greatest of options. Uh, I didn't progress in the way that so many other of my peers progressed uh, throughout the years. I think I was having a little bit too much fun in my 20s and in my, my teens and stuff, and I didn't see life going past me. And I, and I always wanted to have kind of like an alternate path anyway. I, I never saw corporate America as being an option. And uh, I always wanted to just do my own thing. And so when I finished college, I started working for the school system as an after-school teacher and then eventually doing uh, substitute teaching. And I uh, really enjoyed working with kids. I thought, I had great influences from my parents and adults that were around me when I was younger, and they took being role models very, 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 very seriously. And so when I started working with children, I took it just as seriously. I I thought it was very important to be uh, a man um, in the school system. I thought it was very important to be an African-American man and project uh, a positive image to younger um, especially African American boys, and and I really I really took that seriously. I enjoyed it, and I did it for five years, um, five almost six years. And but I always had this fire inside of me to do my own thing. My dad was an entrepreneur. When I was a kid, I watched him struggle, but and I said I'd never do that. I never do that. I'm going to go work for someone. But when I got to be an adult, things changed, and and I didn't want to work for someone. I had passion for creating things. I wrote a children's book while I was working in the school system, Dana the Procrastinator, and I I love that, I love that had, title. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, you know what? I'm, I'm, this this second time in with this book, people tell me that I must be good with titles because um, they they like for, uh-huh. forget having kids. I'm having fun too. So um, yeah, so I I just have a passion for creating things, and I've been afforded, or I've afforded myself to do that by being a voice actor and being a commercial producer. I I do a lot of creative things. My job is mostly creative. And I like to express to other people the the crazy things sometimes that come out of my head. I've um I've pushed some of my commercials to the limit where um where the program directors uh emailed me back and told me that I can't say that. <laughs> you know, just you know going going a little bit too far sometimes but i'm having fun you know and i enjoy life um one of the other things that i've done in the past 11 years which has absolutely changed my life has been traveling i i'm an international traveler i've been to 37 countries in the past 11 wow. years 
And yeah, yeah. And um and I'm continuing to grow. I have a bunch of other countries on my agenda for next year, my itinerary. And you know, what's changed my life about that is that um I'm not a vacationer. I'm a traveler in the sense that I go to places where people are. I'm not on the resort. You know, I rough it. I go talk to people. I learn about the way that their lives uh, are, how politics, how um, racism, sexism, um, how all the isms affect people's lives in an honest way and how they feel about it. And it's changed my life uh, in that, in that time. It's, it's helped me to become more thoughtful, more compassionate for people, and and more passionate for people as well. And um, I think coming back to how we got connected, um, I saw that in a post uh, that someone made, and, and I was about to make a comment about something that they said, which I just didn't think was um, – was right, you know, mm-hmm. and you made the comment. And I was like, well, I don't have to make it. She made it already. <laughs> you know? yeah. so uh-huh. It was awesome. And, and then I went down um, looking back at some of, some of the other things, uh, some of the other comments that you've made and some of the things that you've done, and I was like, wow, you know, this is, this is impressive. And, and looking at, you know, what you've uh, done with your, uh, with your book itself, um, talking about aging, something else in the life cycle that we're all going to have to face. And mm-hmm. I thought that this was, this just felt right. This felt right. Yeah. So, yeah. And you didn't even know that I didn't have kids. So I had no idea. <laughs> you see how the universe works. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so what led you to decide to write this book about not having kids? So many things were born out of the pandemic. Um, we had a lot of time to think. And one of the things that I observed relative to my life was how so many parents were scrambling to basically make sure that their their children were protected and educated at the same time and how stressful this whole pandemic thing was for so many people and how that stress trickled down to parents and then onto their kids. And uh, I spoke to a lot of parents who were, you know, they were losing their minds, you know, mm-hmm. um, and and it was hard for them to keep their, um, their mental well-being intact, and that's so important. People don't think about parents' mental well-being, but if you're not happy, if you're stressed, your children feel that, and in turn, they become stressed, and I saw that, and I realized that I didn't have to worry about that. Protecting someone else it's something that I thought about from the time that I was young. Growing up in New York City, we had um, bomb shelters, and I, mm-hmm. they were mostly in our schools, and I observed that. And I always thought about, you know, um, I grew up during the Cold War, and I always thought about, you know, what would my parents do? Like, how would they get me from school and get my brothers from school and, you know, all of that stuff. And, and um, one of my chapters in the book is you can't always protect them. And, you know, it's, I didn't have to worry about that. I didn't have to protect my children as well as protect their mental health and protect my own. It was just me. And, um, mm-hmm. and I had a lot of conversations with parents, and they were stressed out, and, and they would tell me things about parenting, things that were very revealing honest conversations because one of the things I always say is you never know someone until they're stressed. And when, when I had those conversations, they were, they were much more candid than the conversations that you would generally have uh, with parents. You know, you, you get a lot of, well, you know, you don't know the joy of, of parenting, but when people are stressed, then they tell you about the, about the stresses as well. So 
I started making, um, I, I had conversations and we had a lot of, you know, good jokes and stuff in there that I had with my parent friends. And I started writing the stuff down and I'd say, see, that's reason number 31 that I never had kids. That's reason number uh-huh. 808 that I never had kids. And then it got to be a thing where, because it was a running joke, they would even add on. They'd see the same. They throw out something like, that's reason number 600,000, you know, that kid. So right. <laughs> I started writing this stuff down. And it was, all in, um, it was all in good fun, but it also gave me an opportunity to, um, to, be, to have perspective on my own life and my childhood, um, to my struggles as an adult, financially, um, emotionally, um, you know, I have had my issues um, dealing with depression, um, and so I just decided to start to write it all down. I put it all out there, um, and and fear, you know, fear is another thing that I've dealt with, mm-hmm. and fear of being a father, um, not being able to provide, not being there um, physically or um, emotionally. Uh, just being unavailable, and and my parents, my parents were great parents. I mean, just living up to to that example that they set. And so there's all of this stuff that I put in this context, um, and much of it is put in put in with humor. I didn't want to bog people down. Uh, I definitely wanted people to you know get some laughs, some chuckles. Um, maybe in a, even a few places, uh, pick up and throw the book at the wall, but then walk over to the wall, pick it back up, and keep reading. And, uh-huh. um, and you know, I was hopeful that, that people understood at the end that not everything is for everybody. And um, right. and I think from what I've been told, I, I accomplished that. And, and I want to thank you, too, because you are actually the – first, no, the second person to read my book. My girlfriend was the first person. Um, when I sent the book to you, I was like, oh, no, have I gone too far? Uh-huh. <laughs> you know? some, of, some of the jokes in there are, are pretty racy, and I was like, oh, no, you know, what is she going to think? Is she going to be like, I'm not doing this project. Are you crazy? Uh-huh. <laughs> but, um, but I think – but I um, – but I think, you know, we're all grown and we all we all kind of get it, you know. And I, I wanted to write a book for parents and for non-parents so that we can all just have a laugh and then have a good conversation about it. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, I, I told you this and I, I, I wrote a little bit about that in, in this in the forward, that what struck me about your book, is that even though it's in you know entertaining and funny at times and sometimes racy, um, there's mm-hmm. a serious message in there related to living a life of passion that we we make our own yeah. choices and um, you know I talk a lot about that that sometimes we need to take the path less traveled that it's not necessarily that we have to follow the path of our lives that people, not everybody wants to have children and, um, mm-hmm. and it, it, and it doesn't mean that it's a bad thing to have children that, you know, the, it sounds no. like you love children. I love children, but it's not necessarily the path for everyone. And um, it's living a-, a life of passion is making choices like that. Yeah, I have found uh, what works really well for me. Um, finally, I'm in a place where I I really feel good about life. I you know I I think part of it is also too you you reach an age where you really know yourself, you're really comfortable with yourself, and um, I've I've reached that that age. I think. Um, financially too, you reach a point where you're really comfortable with your with your money, and and you just gain perspective on your life as a whole. And um, my environment that I'm in, I'm in the healthiest uh, environment that I've ever been in, with good people around me, and uh, I'm really satisfied with the choices that I've made 
for my life. And and I just encourage everybody to uh, look at everything, you know, what are the possibilities for your life? Um, you know, maybe children aren't right if you want to spend, you know, 10, 12, 15, 20 years traveling the world, you know. Uh, but maybe, maybe, just maybe, you can figure out how to have children and still do those things. Um, but that one size doesn't fit all. And mm-hmm. for me, I had to choose one or the other. So. Right, right. You can't send them back. <laughs> no, so. no. <laughs> and, no, that would be uncomfortable. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I think this really, I mean, you wrote about a pretty big life choice uh, about choosing not to have children. You, you made a conscious effort to not have children. Um, and I think it applies to... Uh, you know, so many other choices in our lives that we have a choice mm-hmm. of, of which way to go. And it's up to us. It doesn't have to be up to society to decide. This is your role. This is what you're supposed to do. This is what will bring you meaning because we say so. Um, yeah. You know, and, life is and no really matter unpredictable. what, life is unpredictable for sure. But yeah. we do have yeah. choices that we make. We mm-hmm. can't just we can't leave everything up to chance. We you know we we make a choice, and it might work mm-hmm. out or it might not. Um, yeah. So it's interesting how one person can go right. They can walk down a path. They there's a split left and right, and they go right, and they can be. Uh, victorious in everything that they do, they, you know, they can be a complete winner just by going right. And you figure, well, all I need to do is copy and paste. And so you go right, and, you know, there's there are trees in the way, there's a snowstorm, um, you know, I mean, that same path that someone else was winning with can cause you to lose with. And what you need to know is, first, who am I? Right. Who mm-hmm. are you? And then what are the what is down that right path? Right. Like so we have to make informed decisions. Um, we can't just I know as human beings, we're incredibly optimistic and we need that optimism to keep us going. But we also have to be realistic and know that, you know, well, I really can't stand the cold um, and I really am not good at jumping over trees. Uh, That guy before me, he was really good at hopping trees. He can cut trees. You know, he had had extra tools that I didn't have. Maybe going left is the path that's best for me, Mm -hmm. right? Because there's no trees going left. Maybe that path is a little bit longer. And in my case, I have to be honest, um, I went left and my path has been a little bit longer. But it has still gotten me to the place that I really wanted to be, uh, that I mm-hmm. always dreamt about in life. And so, right, that's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it takes, and you know, there are always going to be critics, no matter which way you go. Of course. Um, of you course. know, I've had people when I decided not to eat meat. I've had people, perfect strangers, um, criticize that I wasn't eating meat. I was eating vegetables, which is like goes against everything that you learn as a child, right? Like eat your broccoli, eat your vegetables. And this happened more than once. People actually were upset that I was eating broccoli, literally eating broccoli. Yeah, that makes (laughs) no sense. And not eating steak and french fries. Right. So, but, you know, people are going to criticize because, it goes against what they've learned um, yeah. or, and, and, or it, it's different than the path that they're taking. And in some way mm-hmm. it feels to them that you're telling them that they're wrong. Um, and that has definitely happened to me in terms of not having children. I've, uh, you know, in this society, women, you know, are supposed to have children. That's the what we learn, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah. And I've run into 
so many people who have just questioned why didn't you have children and which to me is a extremely personal question because there could be all sorts of reasons that I wouldn't want to discuss Correct. with a perfect stranger, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. so, right. There could um, be there could be medical reasons. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um but you know, it was a choice that I made and you know, I had to think about it and there were times where no. I wasn't sure about it. But it the fact that I went down that path doesn't mean that I am telling them that they shouldn't have had children and it was the wrong decision for them. But I noticed even when I posted about your book, mm-hmm. I received some comments that were very personal about them, like almost angry. Like my child is the is the center of my life and I'm so happy that I yeah. had my child. Um, yeah. And have you run into that? Of course. <laughs> yeah. As I promote this book, as I promote this book and I talk about it, I post on social media, I get all kinds of uh, messages. It's it's incredible. Um, what I what I explain to people is, hey, listen, I get it. Maybe you have an iPhone and I have an Android, and you get really upset when you see those green bubbles. You know, maybe that's the thing that gets you upset. Or maybe you like Coca-Cola and I like Pepsi-Cola. And because I like Pepsi-Cola, um, you're, there's not enough um, stock shelves of, of Coca-Cola because you have to share the shelves or something. What I like is going to be different from, from what someone else likes. And I'm not telling someone else that they're wrong because they like what they like. It doesn't challenge me at all. I don't. I don't need a whole bunch of people to have the same phone or to drink the same soft drink. I don't need to have the same uh, sneakers that other people have. When you're not comfortable with yourself, then you need a whole bunch of people around you to validate the decisions that you make. And so Mm -hmm. I'm comfortable with myself and, you know, whatever I wear, Whatever decisions that I make uh, in terms of what I eat, um, where I live, uh, where I travel to, you know, those things are, are really personal. They bring me a certain amount of joy, and I have to know what my limits are. Um, I like to sleep in late. That's hard to do when you got to get a kid off to school. <laughs> you know, those are uh-huh. those are things that you, you have to think about. And, yeah, so I've gotten – those kind of messages. And when parents tell me that the greatest thing that they've ever experienced in life is having their children, I don't doubt them. I believe you. I believe you if you are a parent and your kids are the greatest decision that that you've ever made. But you also have to understand that you need to believe me when I tell you that not having children is also one of the greatest decisions that I ever made for mm-hmm. myself. We, um, this is, um, I think this is National Foster Care um, Month, November is, it's something like that. There's a reason why that there are so many children in the foster care system mm. um, from neglect that parents had their you know, from a uh, decision afterwards to say, this isn't right for me. Um, not everyone, just because we are born anatomically able to have children, should qualify to have children. And mm-hmm. it's the most important job that you'll ever have in life. Unfortunately, there's no pre-screening. There's no prerequisite. The only thing that you need is a partner of, of the opposite sex. And ta-da, you're a parent. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you have right. mental illnesses. It doesn't matter if you have physical ailments that you can pass on to those children. Uh, it doesn't matter your financial situation, whether or not you can support them, because children cost between 300000 and $500,000 from the time that they're born to the time that they go to um, to their 18, and that's not including um, college because we know college can be 
Ooh, mm-hmm. you know, um, a lot of us are still paying off our student loans. And so people uh, don't consider all of those things and how, no, maybe that child wouldn't make me unhappy. Maybe it's the job that I have to work to afford those children that would drive me crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there are so many other considerations and, um, so look at people when you when you think about why didn't you have a child, you know, start thinking about all of that's involved in having a child. And in my book, you know, Forget Having Kids, I'm Having Fun, yeah, there's a lot of fun in there. But there's also a lot of information about what it takes to be a parent that we don't have honest conversations about. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and mm-hmm. I want to have those honest conversations um, without us being disagreeable to one, towards one another. Right, right. And there are also many ways that we could be there for children without bringing new children into the world as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I do want to say, too, um, and, and there's a spectrum of child-free people, and I respect the whole spectrum. There are some people who actually don't like children and Mm -hmm. it's okay. As long as they're not abusive towards children, right. And then that's fine. You know, there are some people who absolutely love children and would have had their, had their own children if it weren't for certain circumstances. And, and I, I love and respect those people as well. And, and what we need to do is, is really just understand that we're all different. We all uh, react differently to things. You know, I may go outside on a day where the pollen count is 10,000 and I'm fine, and someone goes outside when the pollen count is 20, and they're breaking out. We just react differently to different things. So, Right, right. No, I, that, mm-hmm. that's a really good point. That's a really good point. Um I, I think it, you know, it really fits for whatever path people take. We we really need to be mm-hmm. open to their decisions. That's their life. And Absolutely. they're making their choices Absolutely. as long as they're not hurting another person. Right. Um, Absolutely. So, Dane, how can people find out more about you, your book, and even your work as a voice actor? So I've been doing voice acting for 18 years, um, and I have definitely created a digital fingerprint online. Um, So you can honestly just look me up. You can look up Dane Reed, D-A-N-E-R-E-I-D. My website is daneredmedia.com. And I I did the uh, voiceover myself for the audio book and – Dr. Mara also contributed with her forward in doing the the voiceover for the forward. So I want to thank you for that. It came out amazing. It came out amazing. So thank you. Um, And then um, people can, yeah, look up. um, um, Actually, I bought the URL, childfreebook.com. If you go to childfreebook.com, that will take you straight to Amazon, and you can purchase the book. You can purchase the ebook or you can hear both my voice and Dr. Marrow's voice on the audio book. And, um, yeah, so uh, you can Great. see, you can follow me on Instagram and, and see the fun that I'm having um, as I, you know, travel about. And um, you can see studio stuff from me, you know, as I'm enjoying my, my work as well. So is your Instagram just your name, Dane Reed, or does it have a different? Yes, Dane understood. It's Dane underscore Reed. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm going to post all of that on my website post about this show later tonight. So people awesome. can have their pen and paper ready. They could go to my website later and it'll be there. Um, great. I'm, I'm looking forward to listening to the audio as well as seeing it in print. Yeah. So I'm excited. Um, and thank you so much, Dane, for being on the program this evening and also for, you know, giving me the opportunity to 
to be part of your project. I really enjoyed it. No, thank you for accepting. I, I really, really appreciate it. I, I, I don't think that I could have. So the first thing that you hear on the audio book is your voice, and it really sets a really great tone. And um, I, I'm so appreciative. And, and thank you for the work that you're doing as well. So, yeah, it, it, it came out awesome. And I, I definitely thank you for your contribution to it. Great. Thanks. And let's stay in touch and, and maybe come back on and talk about some more projects that you're working on in the future, because I just know that you're going to be doing more. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, right. I'm cooking up things in my head already. Okay, great. <laughs> I can't wait. Well, you you have a good thank you, evening. Dr. Mel. Okay. And, thank and you. We'll... I'm gonna I'm gonna continue listening in because um, I want to hear those twins that you're gonna have on next because I okay. um I I want to hear more about Mexico places to go in Mexico. I've been to okay. Isla de Mujeres and I've been to Mexico City, and so I want to know where to go next. So um, definitely anyone who's listening, stay tuned as well. Okay, they're gonna be on a little bit later. They're going to be on towards the end of the program, but not too long from now. Okay. All, All right. right. Awesome. We have a good awesome. evening, and, um, and we're going to take you, a Dr. quick Marin. break. Thank you, Dr. All right. Have a good night. You as well. All right. We're going to take a quick break, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Please visit us on the web at www.drmaricarpel.com. Dr. Mara's book, The Passionate Life, Creating Vitality and Joy at Any Age, is now available on Kindle and in paperback at Amazon. Don't forget to listen to Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years live from Austin, Texas, every Sunday on blogtalkradio.com. And we're back. If you're just joining us, this is Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaracarpell.com. And before we go to the twins, who will talk about another travel destination in Mexico, I wanted to spend a little time um, continuing on this path of living a passionate life. And I think, um, you know, Dane's book is really important in that, journey because um, the the choices we make in our life, um, you know, toward living a passionate life, we have to honor um, what draws us, what, what calls to us, whatever that is. Um, but the other part of living a passionate life has to do with our own, um, our own generosity and compassion that I've spoken about several times on this program, being able to give back to the world something something um, that we can bring into the world, some gift that we have. And since this week is the week of Thanksgiving, I want to talk about the importance of having gratitude, especially right now, gratitude in the midst of pain, People are really struggling right now, still struggling after um, a global pandemic for over two and a half years that have changed a lot of lives. And I think that it's really important to have gratitude for what we have in our lives as we go forward in order to keep us or get us back on the path toward living with passion. Um, we often like to speak about living with thankfulness and gratitude in this time of year, but I think it's important to really understand what that means and why we do that, uh, not just give it lip service. Um, it's easy to get caught up in daily resentment and stress that we don't have enough and that we we aren't enough and to keep reaching and grabbing for things in order for our lives to um, feel more 
satisfying. But when we're on the path towards living a passionate life, when we're grabbing for things, it doesn't work. It doesn't bring joy and passion. We have to already feel that we have enough and that we are enough and everything that we are heading towards is um, adding to our lives. It's not out of desperation because we don't always know that we are going to achieve every goal that we set out to achieve. Um, But the joy is in the journey. And if we don't have a feeling of gratitude, then we don't have that joy. But I want to, again, go back to the point I made before, that right now a lot of people are in a lot of pain. And just ignoring that and saying, okay, well, I'm going to feel grateful because I'm supposed to, that doesn't work either. So I don't think it's possible to focus on gratitude without first acknowledging that pain and honoring that pain, noticing it and giving it giving it time, giving it a space to talk to us um, rather than running away from it, um, taking substances to run away from it, um, binging on Netflix to run away from it, whatever it is that we do that we that our, our craving and addiction um, that we use to get away from pain um, doesn't make the pain go away. In fact, it causes us to get stuck in it. And we may not be thinking about it, but the pain is still there. Um, so we need to acknowledge it. This was a rough couple of years. Um, we need to look at perhaps what losses we have suffered, but then to not get stuck in the pain, to not make that who we are, the pain, the anger, the sadness, to look straight at these emotions without fear because they're just emotions. They're natural human emotions, and they deserve to be recognized as valid emotions. Uh, We might even state them to someone that we trust, a good friend, um, maybe even a professional, a therapist. Um, We might write them down in a journal or write a song, use creativity to write a song about the pain, Um, dance, run, play, sweat out those emotions. And then when you feel that you've given them your full attention and you can feel that you're ready to move forward, turn your attention to peacefulness that's always within us. Take a breath and notice what exists in your life that you can be truly grateful for. Write it down. Allow yourself to celebrate with gratitude or celebrate with other people. You can join an online group. I recently joined an online group where we share each other we share share with each other things that we feel grateful for as they come up in our lives and they can be really small things. They don't have to be grand grand goals that we've achieved or um things that we have accumulated in our lives. They can be small things like I'm grateful for a delicious cup of coffee in the morning. Very often that's the thing that I'm grateful for, that I can get up in the morning and have a cup of coffee that tastes really good. And they can be bigger things, like I'm grateful for the people that are in my life. I'm grateful for my health. I'm grateful for being able to get out of bed. And then sharing with other people and commenting on other on other people's experiences of gratitude can be really powerful and healing. And having the opportunity as well to talk about the difficulties, our gratitude that we have overcome difficulties. So being grateful and focusing our attention on what we are grateful for and what we have in our lives that feels 
really good. That feels like enough. And things that we notice about ourselves that let us, that remind us that we are enough, help us to then have the enthusiasm, the joy, the passion to go out there and to follow a path that we have decided we want to take. And it also gives us the enthusiasm to go out and help other people to bring light into their lives and things that they can be joyful for and thankful for. And it and that in itself comes back and brings about more joyfulness and more compassion. I mean, more gratitude. When we have compassion for other people and we're generous, it comes around full circle that we can feel joyful and um, grateful that we were able to help another person. Rather than going out to Black Friday events and clawing our way to some electronic gadget that we think we ought to have or that we think will make our children love us forever or to buy a piece of clothing or a beauty product that makes us look like we're enough, um, we can focus on what we already have and what we have to give to other people um, because that's what living a passionate life is about, feeling joyful for what we have, um, taking the risk to go out and try new things that we feel are part of our path and part of our dream and bringing more light into the world for other people. Um, So wherever we are on our path, wherever we are, we can start anywhere. We can start with acceptance and gratitude for where we are right now. And it's from this place of acceptance. Um, I know and I can see with a clear vision that this is the truth of my current situation, for example. And knowing that what we already have is pretty wonderful, um, that we have the power to help us on this path, and then we can most powerfully and sustainably generate the life that we want. Um, So on that note, we're going to take a brief break again. I'm going to leave it right there. Um, I do want to mention one other thing, and I've talked about this before. I'm going to repeat it. Um, There was research by Dr. Robert Emmons at the University of California, Davis, who did extensive research about the effects of gratitude on our emotional and physical well-being, and he found that Having a practice of gratitude helps us to be physically healthier and to have a more optimistic perspective. And having a practice is what trains our mind to think in terms of gratitude. So it doesn't just come naturally. For some of us it does, but for many of us it doesn't, especially when we're having difficult times. So what Dr. Emmons suggested is that we need to cultivate it daily through conscious effort. And one of the ways of doing that is by keeping a journal, by writing down what we're grateful for every day. And it could be the same thing every day. Some of the things on the list can change. But just taking that time every single day to write down, whether it's in the morning when we first get up or in the evening before we go to sleep, to write down just a couple of things or a lot of things if we want to um, that we feel grateful for, that that actually trains our brain to look for things that we feel grateful for and to feel that gratitude And when we do that, it helps us to actually become more physically healthy and to become more joyful and passionate and to have more energy to reach for our dreams. Okay, so now we'll take a break. 
And when we come back, we'll hear from the twins in Bay of Bandetas, Mexico, after a, a short bit of music by our producer, Art Mendoza, about Mexico. Charge 
that have been built on the coast between San Lucas and San Jose del Cabo. The distinctive arc of the Cabo San Lucas is a local landmark. Cabo San Lucas has the highest paying modeling tournament in the world called the Busy Los Cabos Offshore. This tournament takes place every year in the month of October. In the winter, pots of whales can be observed in the area. They bear the cold in the warm waters of the Gulf of California after traveling up to 6,000 miles from Alaska to Siberia. There are so many restaurants along the beautiful beach where tourists can watch as the whales come to the surface. There is so much to do here and most of those who love to visit Mexico. Beautiful. I'm going to have to visit. So, how's school going? Well, everything is online and it's in Zoom. I think um, I'm going to finish school on 4th of June. Oh, wow. Yeah. Is, is that late? What? Is that is that late because of COVID or is that early? It's been early, I think. Okay. All right. Yeah. What what year are you in? I'm in um it's segundo de preparatoria, I think it's it's eleven. Okay. 11th grade. Okay. So one more yeah. year before you graduate. Yeah. Okay. And I'm going to finish the high school this year. Oh, okay. Cool. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So until next time, adios. Until next time, adios. <laughs> All right. So we've come to the end of another program, and I want to let you know what's coming up. Um, we'll be playing an encore of one of our recent favorite shows next Sunday because it's Thanksgiving weekend. And then on Sunday, December the 4th, uh, Roy Biancolana, who is the relationship expert who was on recently, will return with more about attracting the best relationships for us. I think that's a really good topic for this time of year. People are looking to spend New Year's Eve with each other, <laughs> with a partner. And if you want to hear tonight's program again and read the information from this show and Listen to previous programs. Go to my website, drmaricarpel.com, and we'll have all those website links that we discussed on the program uh, later tonight, and also the podcast will be there. And you can also hear this evening's program in as soon as five minutes from now by going directly to blog, B-L-O-G, talkradio.com, slash your golden years, and you can also listen on Apple Podcasts. Um, Be sure to follow me on Facebook for upcoming shows and events, Dr. Mara Carpell, Your Golden Years. This show was produced by Accomplice Entertainment, Postal Productions, and Psyched Up Productions, and sponsored by AmightyGoodTime.com. Thank you to my guests, Dane Reed, Minerva, and Ruben in Bay of Bandadas, Mexico, and thank you to Art. Thank you all for listening. Have a peaceful night and an inspiring couple of weeks. A very happy Thanksgiving. And remember, youth has no age. Good night, everyone. Stay safe. Like a bird who has to walk, ain't got no place to fly. Feeling like a bird who has to walk, ain't got no place to fly.
in the night Like a thief that's in the sun Ain't got no place to hide And I don't know how I can take If I turned around to find you gone Any guidance offered by Dr. Carpell is not intended to replace the advice of your own physician or mental health specialist. Neither Dr. Carpell, her sponsors, nor this station assumes responsibility for the misuse of any of the information given on this show. 